again, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom, and alongside with me is Luke Mullen. Luke, it doesn't stop. The rain is here on another recording day, but that's not going to overshadow the fun season it is uh, in terms of districts and upcoming state tournaments. How's it going? It's good, yeah. It's it's uh, it's May. Nothing's changing. We're still dealing with some craziness. I know, especially uh, the baseball coaches that I talk to, they're saying, you know, we expect April to be rainy. Well, it didn't really rain mm-hmm. that much. I mean, some a little bit in April, but we're getting in now in May. And of course, I mean, we got district contests have been impacted. Um, you know, I feel like the state tournament. There's always one rain out day. Uh, big potential for that. So it's going to be very interesting um, see if we can get all these contests played on time. Obviously, we have contingency plans. We've got things we can do. Obviously, NSA is not all that over. But if things go smooth, you know, it, it's a lot easier for fans, uh, the players, coaches, everybody. Um, so it's been really good to see a lot of those soccer contests go on as planned. And we're at a really good point right now in the soccer season. Well, it is going to get hot quick. I took a look at uh, the weather next week, and it's already going to get to the lower 90s. I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but it's, be- <laughs> it's better than getting all these games canceled. We're we're skipping over the like mid-tier spring yeah. and go straight to June. It's like it's June. <laughs> I, I don't like it, Luke. I don't like it at all. But what I do like is what's been happening this week around Nebraska high school sports, district soccer, district baseball. Last few track meets are going on before they prepare for state boys. Golf's getting ready for the final stretch. It is a good time of the year as the school year is coming to an end. Uh, but, Luke, let, let's recap what's happened so far in soccer. Plenty of action has been going on there. We'll start in Class A girls districts. Uh, we'll start at the top of the ladder, A1 with Omaha Marion, the number one seed, uh, and they took care of business, uh, 3-0 shutout of Millard North. And that was a, a big matchup for that team, especially because you remember Millard North beat them in the semifinals of the state tournament last year. Big upset. I mean, obviously that was a, a Marion team that had championship aspirations, and they've been just as good, probably even a little bit better this year. Obviously they were right up there with Gretna. Uh, pretty much throughout the whole whole regular season, did a great job running through their district, and yeah, strong 3-0 win there. Uh, Liv Heinert had the first half goal, Hannah Tate and Maria McClay with the second half goals there for Marion, and a, a team that you know expects to be there at state. They they do it very consistently, and yeah, good job. You always expect that that top seed to make it out of uh, the number one district, and they did it. In the A2 district, that is being played tonight. We are recording on a Thursday. They will be playing tonight. It is Gretna taking on Papio. Uh, Of course, Gretna will be the heavy favorite um, there coming off uh, a big win over Omaha Benson. Um, But let's get to the A3 district. And this is where the string of districts really favored the capital city. What a run. First, we'll start in A3, Lincoln Southeast, who's been on a tear and coming off a state tournament appearance last season for a win uh, over North Platte. And, I mean, the crazy thing is just how much Southeast dominated that district final. Uh, Scored the first goal two minutes into the match. Uh, Taya Ryan with that quick opener. And uh, Corin Olsen added two goals as well. Uh, Outshot North Platte 27-3. Uh, you can read the full game story. Our Brent Wagner was out there. He's had a lot of fantastic soccer coverage. He's been a, a busy man this week for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a Southeast team that 
just totally exceeded expectations this year. I mean, I'm sure inside the building they they knew that they had talent, that they had the ability to make a run. But I mean, end the year on a nine nine match winning streak. You know, host a district, run through it, and and dominate both of those games that you need to win to go back to state. I mean, it is it is as much of a year to remember as you can really get out of that uh, special group of seniors and and young players that are combining well together. And you want to talk about how good their defense is. They've shut out six of their last seven opponents, including Lincoln Southwest 1-0, a top-tier team as well. So this Southeast team is figuring it out. They are playing well at the best time of the year, but they're going to have stiff competition because who they beat? Southwest, they took care of business over Papio South 2 nothing in the A4 district, and they're headed back to state as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a, a team that kind of expected to be there. Um, they've they made state now 10 of the last 11 seasons uh, there on the girls' side, which is a, a pretty crazy record. Uh, you know, we'll get to the boys, uh, you know, a, a long streak ending there. So as long as you can can keep those streaks going um, is, is huge for that. I think really... The interesting thing for Southwest is some of their defensive strength has been kind of the hallmark this season. Uh, goalkeeper Alexa Goebel, she was great last year, um, has just done a fantastic job all season, really made it difficult for those opposing teams to to score against her. And that's very clear. Um, you look at their, their recent games, they had that 1-0 loss to Southeast. But other than that, I mean, the shutouts have just been nonstop all season there for Southwest. Uh, got to do two more in the district round. Five over five zero over Burke in the in the first round. Then yeah, that that two zero win over Papio South, uh, just a, another strong effort for them. They do a great job closing down the space and and making sure teams don't have too much room to operate. Uh, Kayla Hassler with the opening goal there six minutes into the match as well, which just makes it even better when you get that that early goal that you can defend. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's a great win for them too. Getting it done a little bit different way than than Southeast with the offensive dominance. Well, just looking at the clean sheets around their schedule, Luke, uh, right here that in out of their 15 games they've played this year, four games they've been scored on. Two of those have been losses. So only two of the 13 games they've won, they've been scored on. Gives you a pretty good chance to win. I mean, it's it's crazy when we look at the dominance of some of these different yeah. soccer teams. Obviously, we've talked about Gretna quite a lot. Um, you know, they they have some of the craziest, you know, shutouts and, and goal differences there. But, yeah, I mean, you look at some of these top five teams and and really they may, they do make it so tough on on their opponents just to break them down and get that that crucial goal. Uh, well, then continuing with the city theme in the A5 district, Lincoln East earns a one nothing win over Columbus. They are headed back to state. And, uh, man, the capital city did very well in districts, Luke, and the Spartans continued that close win over Columbus. Absolutely. I mean, East did a great job all year to get themselves in, in position to host that district, and it, it was a tough draw. I mean, that was a very good Columbus team. I think it's clear in, in the 1-0 scoreline that that was a pretty close game. Uh, the whole way through and just you know looking kind of big picture obviously for for east this year it was replacing i mean pretty much their entire starting lineup they had such a a talented group of seniors really a, a great crop of players that made for a special season a year ago and they come back they got a lot of uh, younger players coming on trying to make an impact and it was a freshman who scored the decisive goal there in the district final mckinley cade 
uh, scored that goal for East that that brings them all the way to Morrison Stadium. So very cool for them to to get some of those younger players uh, kicking about this year and and finding pretty much that same level of success. Well, then to cap all that off in the A7 district, Lincoln Pius took a 2-1 road win in a shootout over Millard West uh, over at Buell. And, Luke, first time since 2014 that four teams in the Lincoln area have made state. So half the field represented at Morrison Stadium will be from Lincoln. Pretty crazy. And obviously we'll get to the boys. There's been a a great week for the boys' side too. But, I mean, yeah, you you look at that – girls class a soccer landscape and man i mean lincoln has done a, a great great job the last couple seasons obviously we we're we we're kind of expecting southwest and, and east to be in the mix all year and southeast just uh destroyed you know they had a great year and pious too they were kind of on that on that edge all year you know kind of that i don't know seven eight nine ten wow. range where you're you're thinking hey we can make it into state but it's going to be tough uh going through districts and Millard West was was pretty similar, if not a little bit higher, I think, in, in the rankings in terms of the pedigree. Uh, played a great Class A Metro schedule, uh, you know, really tested themselves against some of those top teams like Gretna, uh, Omaha Scut, and whatnot. But, man, I mean, that, that pious team, I think they really had to dug deep, uh, dig deep for that one. Uh, Abby Vacek scored the, the goal in regulation off a corner kick. And, obviously, when, when you get down to PKs, it's – it's always going to come down to your execution and, of course, your your goalkeeper to see if they can save any sort of misplaced shot. And goalkeeper Kathy Pfalm, uh was the, the hero there for uh, Pius X, saving a PK and, of course, giving them the 5-3 advantage there in the shootout round. Huge win for Pius. Um, like, like you mentioned, first time four teams going to state in a while. First time Pius has been to state since 2015. Uh, so getting the chance to play at Class A level now, uh, too, as opposed to Class B, just something huge uh, for that program that's putting a lot of hard work. Yeah, taking a look at Lincoln Pius's past tournament uh, record, it seems like they were in A in 2013 when they made the state tournament. Uh, but I don't think they – the other two times they're in the tournament in 2014, 2015, I think they're in Class B. Yeah. So this is the first time in nearly 10 years that they're going to be in the Class A field at Morrison. Uh, and, I mean, they got – a pretty decent shot. Uh, this Gretna obviously will be the favorite, uh, yeah. but that midfield, that's going to be chaos. Oh, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll be very excited to see the way that uh, the state tournament bracket shapes out, but I mean, with, with four Lincoln teams yeah. in the field, uh, they got a pretty good chance, you know, A, in the first round, maybe playing an opponent that they're already familiar with, and then B, just uh, fr- from that point, obviously, once you... Once you get the ball rolling, these teams have a ton of momentum going in, and they're going to try to keep that going. Well, uh, let's shift to the boys' side then, Luke. Play, plenty of chaos happened there as well. A couple of districts, though, have not played yet. That includes the A1 district with Gretna. They play tonight against Millard North. Um, and then taking a look at another district, that is the A7 district, and they uh, do not play until tonight as well. That is Omaha Bryan taking on Lincoln Southeast. Uh, something to pay attention to as well. But let's recap what's happened, Luke, and let's start in A2. Uh, where Creighton Prep, um, they've been pushed. They were pushed to OT last night or yesterday against Elkhorn South. They won 3-1 to one to return to state, but then it's after needing a three-goal comeback against Grain Island in the opening round when they were down 2-0. Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're looking at that, you know, number one team, not the number one seed, but, you know, number one in the rankings, 
uh, pretty much been the favorite for, for most of the season now ever since uh, they took that mantle off south and, and have just been strong. You know, they, they won that game against Gretna too. But, I mean, I think that district in particular really kind of showed the depth of some of these different teams. Um, you know, how, how difficult it is even when you might have the talent advantage, the home field advantage. Um, it, it it takes a lot to break down some of these teams in a, in a winner-take-all district. And Elkhorn South, very strong, you know, one of those top 10 teams all season uh, that you're kind of looking for, uh, knowing that they might have the chance to make some noise there in districts and really did a great job, uh, you know, for the the full 90 there to, to keep it 1-1 into extra time. But, I mean, prep is just relentless um, at times, you know, when, when they're searching for a goal, and I know they were at, at the start of that extra time period, uh, Brady Bragg scored it four minutes into extra time uh, to put them up 2-1, and, and they got the final goal advantage as well on a penalty kick later on. Uh, so, yeah, credit to Elkhorn South for a great match. You know, unfortunate that they couldn't get it done. It'll be really interesting to see um, if if Prep has that same level, I guess, of of being tested, you know, there in the state tournament. I, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot of one-goal games. No. That's nothing new. Um, so I'm sure that, that experience there of, of going the distance in districts will, will help them. Well, then probably the biggest shocker in the A3 district, Papio South beats Omaha South 3-1, to and that means the Packers, the defending state champs, will not be going back to Morrison Stadium, and it will be the first time since 2009 that they will not be at the state tournament. Luke, that's very that's a very glaring stat, and obviously this year just wasn't their year, um, but... I, we'll have to pick the stats somehow, or if someone knows, when was the last time a defending state champ didn't make state? It's yeah. state soccer specifically. It's crazy. Um, I wonder if uh, if attendance is going to be down there at yeah. the, the Class A state tournament because Omaha South, man, you know they they always show up in numbers. Yeah. I think it's you know it's something that that community like circles on their calendar every year. So it's going to be very very different. Um, you know, not not having them there. Obviously, they've had. First round exits, you know, they've had disappointing years, obviously, in in the 13 years since then. But, I mean, missing out entirely, um, you know, really the, the second half of the season was a, a difficult one. I yeah. mean, the, the losses started piling up. That's how, you know, they they got in position to not host a district initially. Um, but I think we all knew, obviously, the talent is there. You know, that's a, a team that was preseason number one for a reason. Um, a lot of great players coming back, but... Papio South, you know, they, they earned the right to host yep. that district. I'm sure it, it played them a little bit of an advantage uh, with the 3-1 win. Ethan Beichler uh, scored off a corner in the 61st minute, uh, and, and they eventually got up 3-0 before Omaha South got that goal back. So, you know, it, it was 0-0 for, you know, two-thirds of the match. Obviously, you know, the corner kick goal, I mean, that could have easily been South. You get that set-piece opportunity. They can be very deadly from those as well. So, you know, I think it was a, it was a a pretty close match, you know, in in truth, but huge huge win for Papio South. I mean, talk about a statement win, you know, going to state, beating the defending champs. They are going to be fired up and and a team to watch, I'm sure. Uh well, then when you talk about a legacy of a program, you go down to A4 in Lincoln Southwest, beat Columbus 4-0 over Columbus. They return to state after being runner up a year ago. Um, and Luke, I think that just solidifies what uh, Derek Scheich is doing at Southwest. This is a team that lost 10 of, of its 11 starters, gets everyone back, and marches on to state nonetheless. Um, 
then man, just what a program uh, Shike is building over there at Southwest. I mean, it's been going the past few years, and I think just just solidifies uh, what foundation they have over there. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's huge. We're we're talking about arguably the the most soccer rich program, the defending state champs Omaha South, who returned more talent. You know, they 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 had more expectations. They're missing out. Southwest, on the other hand. They're the team that lost the shootout. They lost their entire starting lineup, and here they are, dominant district final win at home, going back to the state tournament. I mean, credit, total credit to, to everybody in that building, all those young players, too, uh, who worked hard for this chance to to you know finally have their, their opportunity to start and, and be those key players on that team. I think that was a, a great, great win over there over Columbus. Um, you know, some, some big goals there, Braden Kramer, uh, Mudahir Aman, two goals as well and in back-to-back succession uh so huge huge chance for southwest i think that's a team that you know they they get flowing and and they're hard to stop so all those players who who did a great job stepping in this year meshing together uh, and still playing that that same system that they had so much success in last year yeah obviously you mentioned coaching i mean that that goes a huge way to that yeah just that alone but being able to have 10 new guys come in and just flourish under that system one that gives credit to the athletes for being coachable and being in there and just being as good as they are but also teaches to the system they have in place and how um not easy but it's just it allows the athletes to flourish so much to be able to understand it quickly and then execute it on game days and i think that's just what's happened with southwest and they could have a city opponent in their first round possibly because in the A5 district, yeah. Lincoln East uh, took a 2-1 win over a solid Millard South squad. Depending on how the bracket shapes out, we could have an all-city first-round matchup there. And that district final, probably the most dramatic of any, uh, Aiden Naki with the, the game-winning goal, 48 seconds left in the match. I mean, really, when you when you get down to those last couple minutes and it's frantic, I mean, there there's really nothing like it. Because in soccer, I mean, the ball's in play. You might have, you know, some fouls to try to, to break it up. But, I mean, really it is throwing everybody up the yep. field. I mean, it, it was a 1-1 game, so admittedly it wasn't, you know, quite that level of panic yet. But, I mean, the, the drama that you get there with the last-minute goal, I mean, the the roar that was there at Seacrest from the fans had to be something fun to watch. And uh, for East, obviously, uh, join, you know, join Southwest, doing both boys and girls there at State. Uh, Southeast will have the opportunity to do that uh, on the boys' side there with their game against Bryan as well. But, I mean, that's a, a great great job for Lincoln East. They've been a, a solid program all year. But first time at state since 2019, you know, it's been a, a good group this year um, to really come together and, and achieve something that they haven't done in a little while. And then to round things out in the A6 district, uh, 3-1 win for Omaha Westside over Kearney. The Warriors get their business done at home over the Bearcats. They go back to state. Um, and they're an intriguing team as well, but uh, the other two districts, Gretna Papio and the A1 district, plays on Thursday night. And then, like Luke mentioned, Southeast and Bryan. But solid win by Westside uh, because Carney was a little bit of a popular pick to maybe give Westside a chance to uh, run for their money, uh, but the Warriors get the job done. Yeah, two two really good soccer programs right there, and it's interesting. I I would have thought that they'd been at state more recently, but Westside's first trip since 2018. It's been a, a whole whole generation yeah. of, uh, of a high school players going through uh, Westside without making it to state. So you know, congrats to those seniors that I'm sure have have been a big part of 
that journey, putting in a lot of hard work to get it done. Uh, Luke Van Bell with the opening goal there for, for Westside to put him in the lead. And, yeah, did a great job closing that one out. Uh, they they played a really tough regular season schedule, uh, you know, tested tested prep in that kicks for a cure game just a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, they'll be, they'll be right up there in terms of quality and, and potential to make noise at, at Morrison. Well, ironically enough, the last time that Westside was at State, they lost to Kearney in the 2018 state title game, 1-0. And this time they beat defeat Kearney to get back to State. I found that pretty ironic. Yeah, I'm sure that was a, a pretty nice feeling for, for anybody who, <laughs> who remembered that one. Oh, boy, and I was right there. I remember that one for sure. Um <laughs> That's what's happened so far in uh, Class A districts. Um, but right now, Luke, let's transition over to Class B. Uh, they have yet to play, but they do have the district final set. Let's So let's run through some of them um, and highlight the key ones that we think will be uh, the best. Uh, let's go through each matchup. Uh, the 16th seed, Conestoga, is at number one, Omaha Scott. 15, Hastings is at number 2, Norris. Omar Rankali, ranked number 14, is at number 3, Omaha Duchenne. Uh, number 13, Scott's Bluff at number 4, Columbus Scotus. Number 12, Platteview at number 5, Northwest. Number 11, Blair at number 6, Bennington. Number 10, Elkhorn at number 7, Lincoln Lutheran slash Raymond Central. And to round things out, number 9, Elkhorn North at number 8, Omaha Mercy. Uh, a Luke, couple matchups that stand out for me there. Yeah, uh, the number one that I'm actually looking at there is the the thirteen four. I mean, really, if you're looking for upsets, obviously you're gonna, I think, trend more towards you know seven ten, you know six eleven. Yeah. Those teams are pretty close there in quality, but that Scotts Bluff team, uh, you know, they they've had a lot of a lot of interesting results going through this year. Uh, just beat Lexington there in the the districts to advance there to the district championships, the district finals. And you look at their their regular season schedule. They had lost four one to Lexington earlier in the year. Other losses to North Platte, Elkhorn North, Norris, and then a team from Wyoming. Uh, so yeah, it's two of those strong teams there. Of course, Norris. You know you expect them to be there at the top. Uh, but yeah, Scottsbluff really proved themselves as that key, really good team. They're out from uh, the western portion of the state, and you know they they had a huge four two win over Northwest earlier in the year as well. Uh, Northwest, the number six seed, uh, excuse me, number five seed here in in the district finals. So, to me, I think they're you know that's a, a great Columbus Scotus team, but I think they're a lot better than a thirteen seed. To me, they'd be a lot more like a, a nine or a ten. Uh, so yeah, I think they they've got a great chance in that one. And probably the other one that I kind of have my eye on uh, has to be that that seven ten Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central against Elkhorn. Um, obviously, we we talked about Lincoln Lutheran a, a couple times on the podcast, you know, they, they had some big matches and obviously that, that Norris one was huge in terms of establishing themselves as a, a top team. But, you know, Elkhorn, they've just been tested the whole year. EMC, very good uh, in girls soccer. And they, they got a chance to play in that conference tournament, uh, played in a couple great invitational weekend tournaments, Miller South uh, and the border battle there with some, some teams from Iowa as well. Uh, so they've really been tested, beat Elkhorn North in, in the sub-districts before losing to Scott. Uh, so, yeah, I think they, they have all the talent in the world. Uh, they got a, a great chance to go up there against Lincoln Lutheran uh, away there on the road and, and potentially come away with a trip to the state tournament. 
Yeah, plenty of intriguing matchups there. That is all on Saturday. And Luke, let's take a quick look at the boys' districts coming up. I'm just going to go through them in order. Number 16, Elkhorn will be at number 1, Omaha Scott. Number 15, South Sioux City will be at number 2, Lexington. Number 14, Kearney Catholic at number 3, Bennington. Number 13, Norris at number 4, Scotts Bluff. Number 12, Crete at number 5, Waverly. Number 11, Columbus Scotus at number 6, Northwest. Number 10, Elkhorn North at number 7, Nebraska City. And to round things out, number 9, Elkhorn Mount Michael at Ralston, number 8. Um, and look, I think one that stands out to me at least is that 10-7 matchup, Elkhorn North at Nebraska City. Obviously, that's a close enough matchup. It could be... Uh, upset there, but I think Elkhorn is very solid. Uh, they've showcased some of their athletic ability throughout the year with some key victories, um, and I think they could push uh, Nebraska City. No, definitely. Elkhorn North, they've they've had a little bit of ups and downs, yeah. Um, but yeah, some big wins there along the ride. Um, it, it, it's always interesting to me just, you know, looking at the records, I mean, they've played 16 matches. Nebraska City's played 13. I don't know if that experience, you know, if that, that gives you a little bit of an edge, or maybe it's the fresh legs there for for Nebraska City, but yeah, they they they've both done a great job. Uh, that'll be a, a great match to watch for sure. I mean, l- looking at the records too, that eleven six matchup. I mean, Columbus Scotus twelve and four there as a, a number eleven seed will be pretty tough. I mean, that's a, a great Northwest team, uh, thirteen and three on the year. Losses to Scotts Bluff, Columbus Scotus, and Lexington. Yep. So very interesting. Uh, they'll have a rematch there. That was a one zero Columbus Scotus win uh, on April eleventh. And speaking of rematches, to me, uh, upset alert potential. I'm going to look at the the 13-4 again, also involving Scott's Bluff. <laughs> uh, but I, I've got him on upset alert uh, on on the boys' side, playing a, a Norris team that enters uh, the district finals very hot. Uh, I've won six of their last seven, uh, beat Lincoln Lutheran, and then Crete there in the sub-district. So that's a very good Crete team uh, who's there at the number 12 seat as well, very similar in terms of quality. Uh, they did play Scotts Bluff earlier this year, uh, a 3-1 uh, win for the Bearcats there on April 9th. But just looking at that Norris uh, boys season as a whole, first game of the year, 7-0 win over Seward. Every game since then has really been 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. I mean, they play tough, yeah. close games. And if you're looking at a district final, I mean, that's a, a recipe to potentially pull off an upset if you're able to keep it close against really good opponents no matter what. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these uh, district teams have played each other during the regular season. Yeah. Elkhorn North beat Nebraska City 2-0. Um, you saw Scott's Bluff uh, beat Norris. So these teams, they know each other, which makes things even more interesting um, because you may have some close matchups that may not look close on paper, but because they've played against each other, they may be closer than expected. Definitely. I mean, in, in any sport, it's yeah. it's a challenge to beat the same team a couple times. Um, you know, maybe you, you notice something from the last game you can uh, – key in on it the next time it's it's always kind of an interesting chess match of sorts when you when you deal with that that kind of setup well the district soccer season um, is almost done and we almost have our state field set both of those fields should have at least an unofficial bracket out on thursday night or friday morning and maybe even official bracket on friday uh, for at least the class a field but they may hold off until nsa may hold off until Class B districts are done. Uh, but Class A will all be done by Thursday night. All of Class B will be done on Saturday. Um, and so look out for those brackets on NSAA.com and our uh 
prep coverage and analysis of those brackets on on uh, journalstar.com as well. Uh, but Luke, let's move down and talk about some baseball, which is also just on the cusp of beginning uh, the district tournament, Class B. Uh, we went over last week, so let's go over Class A, which are now out. And we got some intriguing uh, districts, including a couple of loaded ones. Um, let's start in A1. Millard West does get the number one overall seed. Um, and the top teams in their district right behind them, you got Fremont and Burke are the two three. Yeah, obviously, uh, as I mentioned, you know, that number one overall seed um, is pretty much a, a lock. I mean, yep. there's nothing nothing can happen unless there was some dramatic shift in, in the wild card points. But Millard West is good as gold. They'll be going to state. Um, but obviously wanting wanting to win their district, wanting to keep up some of that momentum. Uh, they, they've been really hot over the last couple weeks, uh, number one in my latest rankings. But not not a whole lot happening in the last week. Obviously, rain cancellations um, played a big part. We had a lot of big Class A games uh, be canceled. And as we're recording this on Thursday, uh, pretty much all of the opening round Class B district games have been moved, uh, starting Friday, Saturday, and then a lot of championships on Monday, uh, which will be interesting to, to get those teams back for, for those trips to the state tournament. But, you know, getting back to that A1 district, obviously I think Millard West, they, they got the most talented, deepest uh, pitching staff, which is just perfect for the set type of uh, format. But, you know, I'm not going to write off Fremont. They made the state tournament last year, been in and out of the top 10 a little bit this year, haven't haven't really played as many games as a lot of those other teams, uh, which is kind of interesting. But with Carter Sintek and Landon Mueller, I think they have the starting pitching that can match up there against Millard West. Um, you know, potentially a pitcher's duel if they can get there. Um, you know, obviously a lot of it depends on strategy. You know, you might have to throw one of those arms earlier just to get there, but that's a really good Burke team that they'll have to get past too. Uh, they've been picking up some good wins the last couple of weeks. Well, you move on to the A2 district. Creighton Prep gets that uh, number two seed overall. But, I mean, Luke, all these districts have some pretty good teams as the other uh, seeds. Papio South gets the two seed in that district, and Lincoln Southwest gets that three seed. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you compare it to, like, Class A basketball, for instance, where there's seven districts. Well, you know, compressing it down to six, uh, it does do a lot in terms of those number two and number three teams. Uh, rather than spreading them out a little bit more, um, you know, yeah, it, it it just compresses some of that talent, makes for some really good matchups. And you look at the A2 field, and there's two teams there that made the state tournament last year. Neither of them are the district host, uh, which is quite <laughs> interesting. Uh, you know, Prep really kind of under underdid their expectations last year. I mean, obviously, they, they're a historic program, really expect to be there at the state tournament. And a little bit of a building year, a learning and it's it's definitely paid off uh, this season. They've been mashing the ball. Uh, great pitching staff as well. Thomas Light and some other great arms up there that can do a good job. But I think you know that the talent in that lineup is going to be really difficult for either Papio South or or Southwest to shut down. So for me, either of those teams would really have to outslug them, uh, or at least you know put up a really good run total and count on a decent pitching day if they're they're looking to pull an upset. That, that Southwest team was hot. You know, it's kind of unfortunate they've cooled down the last couple of weeks. Uh, but really their entire losing streak has been against top top five opponents there like Prep. Uh, I watched them get just destroyed by Prep 15-0. But baseball, every day is a new game. Uh, Southwest has a ton of talent in their order. So it's, it's, it's possible. I think Prep's the favorite, but either of those teams are strong as well. 
Well, then you go down to A3, and you could have just an absolutely fantastic matchup in the district final if it turns out that way. Miller South, the number one overall seed in the A3 district, but you got Bellevue West, who's been on a tear lately, as the two seed. Then Miller North as the three, Lincoln Northeast as the four, and Norfolk as the five. And Luke, if it does end up being Miller South, Bellevue West in that final, watch out for some fireworks in that matchup. Yep, that would be a rematch of the state semifinals uh, from last year. Uh, very different Bellevue West roster than than what they featured a year ago. And, yeah, that was that was definitely a challenge early in the year, getting some of those players up to speed. But I think head coach Jeremy Shockey does a, a great, great job there. Or Jason Shockey, sorry. <laughs> Talking about a, an ex-NFL tight end there. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Coach Shockey. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he does a great job, you know, getting, getting the arms ready. Uh, the pitching has really come along, which I think has been been key the last couple of weeks there for Bellevue West. And Millard South, uh, you know, I mentioned prep, but I think I think Millard South might have the best lineup one to nine in terms of, of difficulty getting outs against them. I mean, they put the ball in play, they hit for singles, they're not always going for the extra bases, so that is a real challenge for for any pitching staff to contend with. Uh, Millard North there has the three seed as well. They were hot for a couple weeks, uh, had a great surge around the time of, of the Metro tournament. So it's going to be interesting if Miller North can keep up some of that same momentum they had earlier. Also, shout out to Lincoln Northeast there as the four seed. Uh, I think they they're like ten and fourteen, which is really not not bad for a, a number four seed. A lot of talent. Cody Bruss, I think he's he's one of the top arms there in the city. Uh, so it could pick up a win and and make life difficult for some of those top seeds. Yeah, most certainly in. Talk about a four district. You're right below that. Lincoln East, the top seed. Omaha West Side is number two. Bellevue East, three. Papio, four. And Lincoln High, five. Spartans have good arms. They've been the cream of the crop here in the city, but they got two teams. They beat Omaha West Side recently, but then, I mean, West Side and East, they're not pushovers either. Definitely. And I, I'd have to go look back to see if, if they've won one, but I think this might be Lincoln East going for a first district title and who knows how long uh because they they hadn't made the state tournament for quite a while before last year and they actually lost their district uh championship to columbus they got in on the wild card points last year uh when they were just as good just as strong hosting a district there at hardtog uh so i'm sure all these seniors will be extra motivated uh remembering that i'm sure they want a district plaque you know they they want to keep up the momentum uh so yeah haven't haven't actually gotten the chance to watch Westside play this year. Uh, one of those top teams that I haven't seen yet. But obviously, looking off, you know their their roster, their results from the year. Uh, they they've really come along as a team. Last couple of weeks start off slow as well. Uh, catcher Dalton Bargo is one of the top hitters there in Class A, a Missouri commit. And yeah, they they they've got some good arms. Really had to replace a lot of their top guys from last year. Uh, but some new new players have stepped up, and it's going to be key. I think the key matchup for that is the Westside pitchers. Uh, because East can hit, they can hit for power. They've tenoed tons of teams throughout the year, even great, you know, number two seeds in this district uh, uh, schedule. So it's possible uh, they're really going to need to slow them down. Well, then you get to these last two districts in the A5 and A6, and things are just wide, absolutely wide open. Uh, in the A6, Elkhorn South gets the top seed, Gretna 2, Lincoln Pius 3, Grand Island 4, Omaha Bryan 5. And yeah, Luke, it's a could be a great district final between Elkhorn South and Gretna, but Pius getting in there, um, Grand Island maybe a run, but I mean it's there's not really there is a favorite by say I guess, but it could it 
could easily go the other way. Oh, definitely. I I totally agree with you. That that one, two, and and three, four matchups are very, very even on paper. Um, you know, Grand Island. They've got Tyler Fay, who's a Alabama baseball commit. Uh, their their top arm, their top guy there. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, I, I assume they'll probably try to get by Brian without him and throw him against Pius there. Or uh, so, uh, or, or throw him in their second round game against uh, Elkhorn South. There, um, Pius will be against Gretna in the other matchup. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of strategy. Um, you know, for Pius too, uh, they haven't been the most explosive team. Obviously, they're they're known for their small ball, but still, you know, they they picked up wins here and there. Um, you know, if if they're able to keep it close there against Gretna, they can make some noise. Um, but definitely, I think those top two seeds, Elkhorn South, just uh, loaded with talent. Uh, you know, they, they've, in my opinion, they've been a little bit of a step down um, from those top four seeds, uh, the Millard West, Millard South, Prep, and East. Uh, to me, have just been those those top four teams have separated themselves a little bit throughout the year. But Elkhorn South, so much talent, couple Division One commits. Uh, college baseball commits all over that roster, and same thing goes for Gretna. I mean, they they really came on strong, uh, ha- had a great couple weekend tournaments. Um, you know, not the same level of consistency. That's why they're down there at that two seed. But I think both those teams can they can hit, uh, they can play great uh, fundamental baseball. And to me, that that would probably be the greatest uh, district final matchup there if both those teams end up meeting each other. Yeah, and then you go on to the final district in A6, and it, man, the the top three, Luke, are just absolutely brutal. Southeast, who's been on a run, they're the top seed. Uh, Carney is the two. Uh, then at the three, you got Lincoln North Star, Columbus the four, and Omaha Benson is the five. And uh, Southeast, Carney, North Star are all part of the hack. They've all played each other. Give me a lot of uh, familiarity right there in that A6 district, and you never know. I don't know who's going to come out of that. Oh, me neither. And number four seed Columbus, a hack team there too. Yeah. Um, very similar to Grand Island. The other one, they got Taden Bell, uh, their top pitcher, top guy. He's a Coastal Carolina commit, so another uh, D1 guy that they'll have you know, to, to throw for a game. But definitely those top three, uh, to me, obviously, I, I bring it back to that hack tournament because we got to see those matchups. And North Star, they... They just about beat Southeast. It took a, a really late comeback, a late collapse there from North Star. Uh, that you know their starting pitcher Cam Tyner. For me, he's a strikeout machine. Uh, he has just been key to a lot of those different North Star wins. Um, really, you know that that's a, a great North Star team. Have been very very inconsistent. Um, just beat Elkhorn South uh, a week or two ago as well. So they've shown the ability to to beat those top Class A teams. And if they can put it all together, they could make a, a stunning run there in A6. Obviously, you know, the top two teams, you expect uh, to do a great job and account for themselves, Carney and Southeast. Uh, Carney beat Southeast there in the, the hack tournament semifinals uh, a couple weeks ago, played earlier in the year, earlier than that as well. So very familiar with each other. Uh, for me, that's a, an interesting matchup too because I think both Southeast and Carney, their strength is hitting. It's 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 definitely not pitching. I mean, they have they have some decent arms, but they're they don't have that ace who's gonna go out there and you know throw six scoreless innings. To me, uh, if Southeast and Carney play, it's definitely gonna be a ten eight you know seven five game something like that. Uh, so both those teams play very exciting baseball um, in, in in a good position too. Obviously with those two wild card spots, uh, Carney you know if things go to go to plan, Carney could potentially uh, sneak in there as a wild card, or even if Southeast loses, uh, they still have a chance too. 
Yeah, like you mentioned before, uh, Carney beat uh, Southeast twice already this year, and Southeast did beat North Star twice, but the scores of those were seven to six and seven to five. So they're they're all right there. Yeah, uh, and so we will see what happens um, in that district along with all of them. Um, and Luke, before we move on, got any uh, hot takes for uh, these uh, district? Any hot uh, predictions? I I do have one, and I've. I'm like this might be a scandalously hot take. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that A1 district and I'm gonna say Fremont pulls off the shocker. They beat they they catch Millard West napping. They're already you know the Wildcats are there. They're dreaming. You know they're they're looking at Warner Park and and uh, UNO's field just down the road there. They're already planning about you know what they're gonna do at the state tournament. Like I mentioned, Carter Sintek, Landon Mueller for my money. Uh, two of those top arms. If Fremont puts it all together, uh, I think I think they can get it done. They can uh, make another surprise run to state there. Wow! Saying the top seed goes yeah. down. I mean, these, these baseball districts are wildly unpredictable. Um, so obviously, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at all those top seeds. Obviously, I think A four will be close. Westside has that talent to to get it done against East, but I, I don't really think A five or A six would be a a hot take if those two seeds win. So, yeah, I'm going all the way. I'm saying, why not? Number one goes down. Well, you heard it here first. Number one seed goes down. They'd make the state tournament anyway. Yeah. But Fremont, who would not be in a position to make state if they lost, would then make state as well. And, again, yeah. if that happens, Luke, then that changes the whole dynamic of who gets the wild card. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, in terms of the, the baseball teams, too, I mean, we're we're going to have it set up so that pretty much all these district championships are going on 4 o'clock there on Saturday. I think it's pretty much what they're all scheduled for. But you got to remember, I mean, there's games earlier in the day. All mm-hmm. it takes is one extra inning game. And then suddenly you're, you're a team where <laughs> you might be losing and you're like, okay, we can still make state. And then something else changes. And then suddenly you got to win. I mean, it's a... Uh, a crazy, crazy couple hours looking at those results and trying to figure out where you stand in in the wild card points. Well, we will have all those updates for you on JournalStar.com with all the latest features, uh, ratings, gamers, recaps, whatever you need to pay attention as you see a cheer for your favorite team to make state. Uh, but before we go away, Luke, uh, where can we find you this weekend as district action gets underway? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was going to get some uh, Class B district baseball tonight, but obviously uh, Mother Nature had different plans, so... It's going to be interesting. Um, I, I think I'm probably going to go see Northeast in that opening round game there at, at Millard South there to start off with. As I mentioned, they've got the chance to make some noise. And then on, on Saturday, um, I'll be running around Lincoln. I don't know if I'll be at, at Sherman or Hartog. Obviously, East and Southeast both did a great job you know, getting the chance to host their districts. So I'll probably try to bring you some of, of both of those different contests if possible. Um, you know, we'll see if we'll see if both those teams can win districts, advance to state. Uh, both are in very good position to do so. And then now that Class B has been pushed back, you know, I'll, I'll probably get the chance to to see a B district final there on Monday. I'm not sure how the brackets are going to fall as of now. A lot of games left to be played, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be busy here with some of the district results. I'll I'll keep you all updated and 
hopefully have some early state tournament uh, bracket projections there on Twitter. Well, to stay updated, of course, make sure to go to journalstar.com, but also to follow both of us on social media, especially Luke, at LMullen7 for all of his coverage. And then you can follow me as well at X underscore on underscore sports. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Get ready for next week. It is going to be a jammed packed episode where we have our state tournament preview with going over state soccer, state baseball, state track and field, everything you need to know to get ready for this final stretch of the high school sports season here in Nebraska, and it is going to be a sprint. Plenty of things to look forward to, so make sure you tune in with us next week as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. From Luke Mullen, I have been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Now go out and enjoy some district sports.